I'm Mike McGinnis. And I'm Carrington Vanston. And you're listening to No Quarter, the classic video arcade game podcast. That sounds like a lot of fun. I have a good time with it. How about you? I have a good time depending on the game. Yeah, me too. (laughs) And depending on how hard the game is and how much I will complain about how hard the game is. (laughs) Well, I'm ready to complain at the drop of a hat. Yes. Well, I will join you this week in complaining about my butt being handed to me in this game. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, how are you doing, Mike? Uh, I'm doing all right. And you? I am doing all right as well. Busy, right. busy, busy times in Carrington land, but sure. always happy to take a, a break and talk arcade games with you. Of course. That's why I asked you to do the show. Forced me is the word you're looking for. Oh, you're right. Yes. Forced I, black- me. I blackmailed you. Yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Problem with my lifestyle is there's, it's so easy to blackmail. There's so, so many things floating around there. Uh, yes. <laughs> so did we get feedback this um, week, Mike? I, I think me. we got, did I think we, we <laughs> I think we got some, not, not, as much as I would have expected, considering uh, this is this is a game that had been requested several times. Um, oh, you mean the game we're playing this week? Yeah, yes. Yeah. We, but we sometimes got, we, we don't get feedback until like after we talk about the game. Then people yeah. get to write in and tell us why we're wrong. We don't know what we're talking about. We got all the dates wrong. And speaking of of somebody telling us or telling me what, that I don't know what I'm talking about, take it away, Carrington. <laughs> Oh, I know what you're referring to. Good segue. Yes, Dr. Chris, uh, sorry, Dr. Quest on Twitter, uh, our buddy Chris, he posted a couple of things that I thought were hilarious. Um, first of all, he was ch- he chastised you about not liking Kung Fu Master. He wrote, where is it? Uh, Mike, you do not like Kung Fu Master. What is wrong with you? That is a game that is awesome and would be in my top five. So, And I think... Chris is in the majority there. Everybody, I think, likes this game maybe a little more than we do. Well, Dr. Quest... Uh, there are so many things wrong with me. Um, this being a very, very minor thing. Uh, no, I, I didn't. I didn't hate this game. I just was sort of indifferent about it. Well, I think as well, you were in a bad position in that you had thought it was going to be a different game. So sometimes that puts you in a and then you like a different, wrong mindset. So then you launch the game and go, "Oh, that was not what I was ready to play." Well, so maybe, but I could have just changed the game the day before we recorded, run up a high score on that game, and then told you as we were we were recording. <laughs> that way, there would have been no way I could have lost. There's that. That is true. <laughs> yes, and I suspect that that will be the case next week. Um, he, but I, what I liked is he followed up by saying. Um, they really could have used your white guy yeah, for the sound chip. <laughs> Maybe then Mike would have liked it, which I thought was very funny. I think somebody should sample my yeah. <laughs> In fact, I did. Did you, did you not hear the very last few seconds of the podcast? I did. Uh, it was me. It was you. White I couldn't guy, resist. Yeah. I, I, we, we sometimes trade back and forth editing the show, and last week was, was my week to edit, and I kind of had a good time with that one. So I think yeah, you I wouldn't mind too much. Oh, no. I thought it was hilarious <laughs> because I didn't expect it either because I put together, put the tags in, put sure. the, uh, like embed the stuff in MP3, launch it, and I only listened to it after it had been posted. So I'm like, hey, what is this at the end? Oh, it's me. <laughs> yeah, I dug it. I thought it was very funny. Great. Let me see. What else did we get feedback-wise? Oh, oh. we got um, a good thing from Doug McCoy. So he wrote in by email. Remember, remember email? Old-fashioned email. Um, he wrote vaguely. in yeah, sort of. <laughs> to say, uh, just found the show this morning and downloaded all the episodes. Oh, Doug, you're my new favorite listener. Uh, I like the discussions and love the feel of nostalgia I get from listening. I loved it so much, I thought I'd send you my ebook, which was my attempt to capture that same feeling. I'm attached 
launching the Kindle and Nook versions. If you're not interested, that's okay. Keep up the good work. Work. I look forward to listening more tonight. So I thought that was totally fabulous of him. So Doug has written a book called Arcadian, and it was really, really nice of him to throw us a copy. And Arcadian is a, a memoir, really, about the uh, arcade games from the 1980s. So it's a memoir talking exactly about the sort of games that we cover. Uh, in fact, if I look at the Amazon uh, description of the ebook, and I'll have a link to the ebook, of course, in our show notes, it says, oh, look, he used the same word as me, a memoir of the great arcade games of the 1980s. Arcadian covers Space Invaders, Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, and just about all the greats. And the nice thing is, it's only 99 cents. So Neat. if you are interested in that sort of topic, then head on over to uh, Amazon. Again, I'll have a link in the show notes. I was upset at his feedback on I, I haven't even read the book yet i've just i've just loaded it up ready to read and i was mad at the people gave who gave him feedback on amazon because there's a couple of there's basically two comments on there one giving him five stars saying great tribute to our youth and one putting one out of five and i think totally unfair because the person says they thought from reading the description that they'd be downloading a whole bunch of games they can play and they're just mad that it was actually a book I'm like what that feedback yeah. seems completely unreasonable. I, I agree, and yeah, it bugs me when, when feedback is abused like that. Yeah, and the problem so. is having only a few points of feedback that totally skewed his rating. So I thought that was unfair, so I want to post the link to Amazon so maybe people can download it. And if they dig it, they can uh, skew that to something a little more fair. So thank you very much, Doug. That was really, really nice of you to send us a copy of your book. Yes, we're going to crowdsource some, some positive karma for Doug. Absolutely. All of our listeners, our, our army out there, go out and uh, give him some... <laughs> army of five. <laughs> yes, all three of you go out there and... Uh, oh, no, it's three. It's, I, we I, lost I, two I, listeners. <laughs> it's right. Well, it's because they, they, they were angry that I didn't like Kung Fu Master. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, and speaking of books, uh, we had a tweet from Larry W. Looper, uh, also known as at VicSage2005 uh, on Twitter, who forwarded us uh, an article from the retro, retroist.com uh, dating, uh, well, not dating back, geez, a whole three days or, or so from now, uh, before now, uh, wherein the Retroist talks about a book called the Classic Home Arcade Game Series. And it looks like it was posted by, maybe this is the same Doug? I'm not, it's, a, it's a post by a guy named Doug on the Retroist talking about uh, this book that goes through and it looks like it outlines pretty much every home console of the day, starting way back at the with the Bally Arcade and the Arcadia, all the way through the Ataris, the Intellivision, the Fairchild, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Very um, cool, very yeah, cool, very cool indeed. So many he, memories from my childhood. Yes, and in fact, he also mentions uh, one of our listeners, Flack, aka Rob O'Hara, who, who who I think we'll just simply start to mention in every single episode. Well, why not? I mean, because <laughs> he's so awesome. <laughs> that's right. Uh, who also left some feedback for us on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, he first. Uh, typed up a, a little piece about Kung Fu Master, and, and he kind of yeah. laid out, I, I think, yeah, there you go. <laughs> he sort of laid out, uh, I guess, what I was thinking uh, when I was talking about it, only he's much more eloquent than I am. Um, he said, I used to really enjoy this game, but after revisiting it on MAME, I think I enjoy the memory of it more than the game itself. A good point well made. Yes. Because that thing, that kind of thing happens to me a lot, too, sometimes with games, where I'll 
revisiting it turns out to be a mistake in a sense. Mm. Same thing happens with movies and TV shows and books and a lot of other stuff from my youth. Now, sometimes the opposite happens. A game that I didn't think I, I, I digged, we'll say that's the past tense, as much, I will turn out to really love now or a game I'd never been exposed to I love. So I do still advocate going back and playing these games. But yeah, every once in a while, it burns you. Definitely. And he goes on to talk about the different uh, home versions of C64 and the Atari 2600. He said we're pretty good. The Apple II version, of course, was terrible. Um, and wraps it up with, uh, it's a tough game to love, but I'm glad you guys tried it. Well, thank you for listening, Flack. Yeah, I'm glad and we tried it, too. I, I actually I actually still like the game. I just think it's quite hard, and I'm pretty bad at it. Indeed. And then uh, he'd also made a post about, uh, last week we talked about the four-way, eight-way joysticks. Yes. And, and how it really affects gameplay in certain arcade games. Um, and he talks, There's he, he posted an invo- a pretty involved um, bit on Facebook. I won't get too into it, where he talks about the different sticks and how easy or difficult it is to switch them over, which led to me doing a little research on the X-Arcade, and it's it's easy to switch it from 8-way to 4-way. Uh, you do have to kind of open it up and... and adjust one little one little thing but it doesn't require any soldering iron or anything wait like you that, can so. maybe i should pay attention to our facebook page more i didn't <laughs> know that you had talked about that because i've i've got that um tank stick that's been lent to me and i just find it almost unplayable because it's eight way and all the games i like are four way and i'm it turns out and i will i will phrase this in the manner of a uh a fairy tale. There was a crooked man who had a crooked <laughs> hand. That's me, Mike. It seems I'm on an angle like when I play for some reason. Sure. So 8-way joysticks simply don't work for me for mm-hmm. some reason. I am a four-way dude. Well, find Rob's post on the joystick um, switches in on our, our Facebook page. And then below his, I posted the link to the xgaming.com uh, page where it shows you how to switch from 8-way to 4-way and back again. Well, fabulous. I am going to do that to my borrowed one. Excellent. Very nice. So um, that's all the feedback I have at my end. Is there anything that people sent directly to you about how quickly you should be replacing me as a for, find a new co-host to, to fill my chair or anything like that? Oh, that's from <laughs> ages ago. That's from oh, the first that was show a, feedback. That was the first show. <laughs> no, the only thing I thought worth bringing up would be Ken Gagne's uh, feedback. You remember Ken. You probably talked to him before vaguely, previously vaguely, once or twice. Sure. He asked if we would be if we would consider sponsoring a Galaga competition at Kansas Fest 2013. And I haven't responded yet. I don't know if you have either. What do you think about that idea, Mike? Sounds fun to me. I think so, too. And I'm terrible at Galaga, and you're awesome, so I figured you'd like it. I'm awesome, <laughs> so. but, I, I'm, but but Ken, Ken is awesomer. Ah, well, then that's okay. But I love the idea of um, sponsoring and yes, something that's a word, like that. Awesomer. Awesomer is absolutely a word. I think we've mentioned it in previous shows. At Kansas Fest, which takes place at Rockhurst University, mm-hmm. I think it is, in the summer. That's uh, an event that you and I have gone to uh, a few times. You more than me, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a, a free play stand-up arcade machine there with Galaga and something else. What's the other thing in that I machine? Think it's, I think it, it's, it uh, doubles with Ms. Pac-Man. Ms. Pac-Man. Oh, yeah. It's one of those. So it's Galaga and Ms. Pac-Man. And uh, so it's just nice. It's just over there near the area that we all eat in and it's a, a free play item so i think having a little competition like that to go for you know high scores during the week or a particular time or something sounds like a whole bunch of fun i do too and ken even volunteered some think geek gifts 
for, I know, for the which would be really cool. I'm sure winners. we could drum up some sponsorship stuff too. Yeah. So I think that would be really fun to either do it on that machine or, of course, I'm going to make the attempt at building a main machine for my, my presentation. So maybe we'd be able to do that game or a different game or a combination of games or something on the main machine if I am successful. Sounds good to Big me. Big if. Yeah, I thought so too. So I thought I'd float out there as one more reason why people might want to join us at Kansas Fest, which is such, such an awesome event. Love it. Yes, you can find all, uh, find out all about it at kansasfest.org. Sounds like a link for the show notes. <laughs> he said typing <laughs> to remind him. we have those now. <laughs> we do. Yay. So what about this week? That's the uh, future. We've talked about the past. But what about now, Mike? What about the present? Finally, we get to this week's game. Um, for the two listeners who are still still hanging with us, we played Amadar. And I suggested this game last week because... We'd had several requests for it, and I really wish that I hadn't. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. This is uh, I enjoyed this game a lot. Uh, it's it was very difficult for me, um, and it sounds like you didn't have a much better time. Oh my goodness, this game destroyed me more than any game I think so far. We've had some games where I did pretty good at. I thought um, mm-hmm. uh, things like Sinistar and stuff where I got a, I thought a, a score I could be really happy about. And we've had games where I kind of sucked at them back in the day and thought I was kind of still bad, but when I looked at my score overall, I didn't feel like ashamed of it, like Centipede and that kind of stuff, and games that I've done very poorly at. This is the first game that absolutely beat me, smacked me around, destroyed me. I just do not have the touch for Amazon, uh, Amazon, Amador, <laughs> or Amazon. I just don't, I just, oh my goodness. And it's kind of, we talked about this um, off mic or by email through the week. It's kind of embarrassing to do this badly at a game that has effectively no AI in it. That's right. Yeah, because the enemies uh, move in, a, in what they call a deterministic fashion. So they start um, at a point on the screen and, and they all move vertically until they hit a, uh, a horizontal line and then take that and then start moving vertically again. And they start either start at the bottom and move up to the top, turn around and come back down or at the top, you know. So when they get as far down or up as they go, then they reverse. And it's the same thing over and over again where when when the bad guy hits a horizontal line, it's taken and then it goes back to the vertical direction again. Mm-hmm. So you, you can, if you're more quick-minded than me you can like sort of <sighs> determine where everything's going and you should be able to just dodge it it should it should be easy but i still i get destroyed i guess i just can't keep that many enemies motion in mind or so oh, i don't know i'm just well it's embarrassing how bad i was for me i i finally started getting better at it when i played in larger blocks of time some games i can play one or two games like you know if i'm at work and things are slow a little bit i'll i'll load up mame and and play a game and I can maybe score a high score or or do pretty well. This one, if I sit and play it for three hours, I'll get a lot better. Um, Right. Which is actually kind of what I did today. I I scored my high score uh, about an hour before we went live. And And I scored my high score about five minutes before we went live. In fact, we're we're recording about five minutes late because I was in the middle of playing that game (laughs) that I then tweeted about. So somebody looks at my tweet with the screenshot of my high score and in Amadar, you will know that that was the moment we began recording. <laughs> so we might as well get this out of the way since we're talking about high scores anyway. Uh, I managed only 20,380. Uh, Unbelievable that I beat you. Which, well, <laughs> for, that's the first screen um, and then that little bonus screen and then um, most of the the paint roller screen. Right. And, and I guess, yeah, we should talk about how there's sort of two different screens that you alternate between and there's the bonus screen. Right. And so the first screen, you're a monkey or an ape of some sort and you're, you're fleeing these uh, headhunters. 
and racist headhunters caricatures, I think. I guess so, but <laughs> they're right out of a minstrel show. It is Ugh. embarrassingly racist. Yeah. And then in the second screen, it's sort of the same sort of thing, except you're a paint roller and it's pigs that are after you. I, I mean, it's sort of like the, the fried egg in, in um, uh, I was going to say beef man. No, burger time. Burger time. <laughs> not, not, not beef man. Totally different. Thing. I don't know what right. that is. Beef man. <laughs> Um, so what I, kind of I really websites are you surfing? I Karen? don't know, but I don't understand the pigs at all in the paint roller. I don't get what's going on there at all. I was able to complete the first level, and then the bonus round, which you just you know hit one key and then watch it happen. So you you always get through the bonus round, and then I was able to one time and one time only finish the paint roller level, get to the 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 next level with the when you go back to the monkeys, and then almost immediately die. So I barely got past that. My total high score in that round was 26,690. Um, but honestly, both our scores kind of suck in this. Like, neither of us are getting anywhere in this game. Well, and like I said, I only got somewhere by sitting and just playing game after game after game. And, and sort of, I a lot of times, I think I would kind of lose my nerve when the when the 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 headhunters would start coming at me, you know, and I'd try to reverse or go another direction. And I had to remember that if he's coming down, say, down vertically at me and I'm coming up, if there's a horizontal line between us, he's going to take that. Yeah, he's all, can, they're always going to take the turn. Right. And, I just got to wait for him, and, and I would panic and, and run right into him instead. Yeah, because they're coming straight at you, so you know, I would do the same thing. I panic, and I turn, or I run away, and, and I die, because they converge on me, and I just, oh, it's just, oh my goodness. Just, I did so badly, like embarrassingly badly in this game. I kept feeling, like we've played games before where I would do poorly. And like like something like Moon Patrol, where I would die, but I think, oh, I, if I can just put another quarter in, if I play it, I could, I could get a little better. This game, I didn't feel like I was really getting that much better, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> just, ugh, I'm bad at this game, Mike. About playing Amador. Well, you're a gorilla being pursued by wild warriors while claiming territory by boxing it in. Claim all four corners and you become the pursuer of the now chicken warriors. That's it, right? wrong now you're a paint roller pursued by persistent pigs as you paint your way across the screen it's amidar a slightly wacky weird wonderful world where a crazy cast of characters go ape in a mad maze chase okay you picked amidar craig amidar it is uh, did, you know i sometimes i can't figure out the strategy are you picking the games you're best at first or are you going to wait till later for those uh, i'm trying to get a, a nice equal mix mm -hmm. this is a game that i'm uh, decent at Okay, all right. Now, uh, the only, only hint I can give you, and uh, you might listen to this too, Herbie, is if you paint the corners, get the corners taken care of first, uh, those little devils that are chasing you around will change, and you can eat them up and score some more points, okay? Great. All right, now, you don't have to do that. You know, whatever you want to do. You're the arcade guy, not me. Fifty seconds is what you have, so if you're all set, turn around. You ready? Get set. Play. <laughs> So Amidar was created by Konami, um, published in 1981 by Stern, um, and it, it sort of bears a, a resemblance to Pac-Man in that you have a set maze that you move around in and you're gobbling mm -hmm. these dots. As you complete little these little rectangles that, that lie between the paths that you take, they turn bluish, and, and in that respect, it sort of reminded me of Kix a little bit. Yes, I thought so too. Kicks was the first game it reminded me of too, but only sort of superficial. Yeah, there, there isn't actually any any other Kicks relationship there, uh, other than they they turn blue. Now, one thing that I did discover was that uh, I could get over ten thousand points on that first map. 
Um, if you do it right, you if you hit all four corners and you can't you can't finish the map on a corner because then the the, the level will end and you'll move on. But if you get all four corners, you that's sort of like the Pac-Man power up where they they change color or whatever, and then you can eat them. Yeah, so you for, get points for gobbling them up during right. that. So you, just like Pac-Man. Get, I think because there are five enemies on the screen, there are the four that move in the middle, and there's a one that just moves around the outside for a while before he comes after you. Right. Uh, I think it's, what, 200, 400, 800, and then two 1,600 enemies. So 1,600-point enemies. So you can really rack up some points that way. It took me forever to figure out what was causing the guys to suddenly go into that runaway mode? Because there's, it's not like Pac-Man where you have that one big pallet, and so you eat it, and you know you've just done something. Here it was just like when you finish the corners. And I I was quite a few games into playing this thing before I realized that that's the thing that triggers it. It's embarrassing kind of how little I was figuring out this game. <laughs> yeah, the first time that I did that, I was like, why did they change? And then it took me a, a while again before I could make it happen again. This is also a game I think I was, uh, first of all, I was trying to play on the uh, on the tank stick and the whole eight-way thing was messing me up because this game definitely prioritizes up-down over left-right. Right. So if you're pressing uh, up-right, you will always go up instead of right. Like when you hit the edges, you will auto sort of make the turn even if you kind of wanted to pause for a bit. Um, so I switched to just playing on keyboard using arrow keys and that improved my game because I no longer was moving in directions I didn't intend to. But by using the keyboard and not having a button layout, like I'm not standing at an arcade machine i would constantly forget i have a jump button mm -hmm. and we should talk a bit about how the jump button works but i would forget it's now the game tells you about the jump button at the start of the game so it's not like i didn't know it was there but because i'm just in front of a pc keyboard and playing with the arrow keys i would kind of let my left hand do nothing i just you know drink pop or something <laughs> <laughs> and, and so i I, I would forget that I've got this button to mash that you get these three jumps and can totally save your life. So the game that I did best in was a game where I used my jumps much more and that extended my life dramatically. So that that's important to remember that that button is there. Yeah, so the jump button works. The way that works is when you hit the button, you don't jump. All of your enemies on the screen jump. And while they are in motion, I guess, with the jump, you can move under or through them. Um, the problem that I had with this was that I would often jump, hit jump at the wrong time, and so they would come right back down on top of me. Right, yeah, because they're all in the air, but just for a short time, so you have yeah. to duck so under you, the board. You do have to time that correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, Amadar comes with a, the a Z80 processor. Uh, for the CPU at 3.072 megahertz, it comes also with a sound uh, CPU, a Z80 at 1.78975 megahertz, and two uh, dedicated sound chips, the standard AY8910s, also at 1.78975 megahertz. Well, so it, a lot put into uh, sound. I mean, I, and I did like the sound. I thought it was mm -hmm. good sounding. Yeah, catchy, and nice little, catchy song. Yeah, catchy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the standard uh, 226 uh, I'm sorry, the standard 224 by 256 raster screen uh, with 106 colors. Right, and and I think it's a vertical alignment. I'm, I'm now I'm much more aware because we keep talking about that. Right. And so in MAME, it was definitely showing me as a, as a vertical alignment game. Now, we had talked, <clears throat> we had shared our high scores already, and the two world high score holders are in, as usual, no danger from us. Now, there are, I guess, two different ROMs that were released. One of these is much harder than the other. Um, and maybe, oh, I must have been playing the hard one. <laughs> yeah, sure, that's the excuse. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh -huh. Uh -huh. So uh, Scott Karasek of Racine, Wisconsin, uh, scored a world record 3,208,870 points on the difficult ROM uh, in, on June 22, 1982, uh, on the, which was the Stern ROM. The Konami ROM set uh, 
Todd Lamb reached 19,225,030 points in Kenosha, Wisconsin on October 1st, 1983. So these scores have, have stood since the early 1980s. So they have. Yeah. I think it's time for somebody to uh, get themselves a pee bottle, stay up for 48 hours, and try to break those records. <laughs> well, I, I can't wait till next week when you come and tell us that you've beaten both of those records. <laughs> I don't think so. You know what's embarrassing? I am fairly certain I was using the Konami ROM because it came up and said Konami at the beginning. So yes. I was using the easy ROM. As and I, I still sucked. Oh, that's As embarrassing. I. I have no excuse. The Atari 2600 version was released in 1982 by Parker Brothers. It was a simplified version. It was the only official port, but there were many unofficial clones for home computers. Um, the BBC and uh, Micro, the Acorn Electron, the Dragon, uh, TRS-80, Coco, the Commodore 64, the Atari 8-bit, pretty much everything uh, that you could get for your home at the time, except for the Apple II. I'm not seeing an Apple II clone. And these were all clones, and so they weren't officially called uh, Amadar. So, for example, Acornsoft was called the Crazy Tracer. It was called uh, Cuthbert Goes Walkabout uh, on uh, <laughs> the Dragon, the TRS, and the Commodore. That's and the Atari. awesome. <laughs> and Llamasoft released a version called Tracks for the VIC-20 and the, ZX, uh, the ZX Spectrum. I like yeah, Cuthbert Goes Walkabout. It's a much, <laughs> much better title. That's fantastic. Yeah. I've never played. I've never even heard of this game before. Everyone was recommending it. And I did. And I thought it was one of those games where, okay, I don't know it. But once I play it, I'll know what it is. I didn't recognize the game when I played it. I was never exposed to this game in any way, arcade or home version. This is the first time I ever played it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, this was a game that I played a lot and, and thought that, I would do better at now than I did. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, I I was I remember beating the paint roller level a couple of times before, and I didn't do that this time. So so your your ape in this game is called in some version is called the copier, and the headhunters are called police and thief. Uh, I wonder if weird. there's like some weird piracy thing going on there. Um, and the your paint roller on the on the other level is called rustler, and the pigs are called cattle and thief. That's so bizarre. Really weird. I know that this game we're talking about the ports and stuff. This had one of those, um, and I only know about this because I was reading about this game this week. But a company called Gakken, I guess it's pronounced Gakken, G A K K E N, used to do tabletop games in the same way that like the, the little mini tabletop um, versions of arcade games, but they did these flip up versions. So it's sort of like a, it looks almost like the old fashioned tape recorders, like flat things, but then a part of it would flip up in the front and that would, would show the little um, displays sort of like the old game and watch displays on these things. So mm-hmm. they did a version of the game. I had never heard of Gakken before and had never seen these tabletop things. So one nice thing that came out of this game was it introduced me to a whole series of old tabletop 1980s arcade games that I had never been exposed to. Oh, neat. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Uh, the other thing that we should mention, of course, is the, the bonus level that comes in between the even and odd play levels. And the bonus level, you just, you start at the top um, and your character is, is moving across horizontally across the columns, and all you do is hit the jump button. And the idea is then your guy comes down the screen following that same deterministic pattern, 
And hopefully you, you've lined it up properly so that he hits the banana at the bottom. And if you do, then that's an extra 5,000 points. I was never able to get that. But. I got it once, and I got it in my game that I won. So that was a major contributor to the fact that I, I uh, got a high score. So because well, I got it. The one, and you know what? I didn't even, after a while, I used to try to calculate it, but I was too slow. <laughs> so finally, <laughs> I just started going, you know what? I just hit it randomly, and I played it like well, a lottery. Well, I, I think at the early levels, anyway, the uh, the the layout of the the bars doesn't change so if you know where to to release you can you can make sure that you that it lands on the correct one i was never able to do that but. yeah you could get it memorized because these are like and it was it's funny that i didn't recognize uh, the little math thing behind it until I got to the bonus level. Like even showing the Amadar grid, even with them saying this is Amadar movement and showing all that, I still didn't um, clue in that these are things that I had done in math. Like ha- have you ever done, I think they were called ghost legs is what we always called them. Um, well, not not that was called ghost legs. So that's what that's what that's what we called them. Okay. Um, well, uh, des- describe to me what that means, and I'll tell you whether I did it or not. Okay. So it's the same. Uh, you have you have a lattice exactly like Amadar's, exactly like Amadar on the bonus level, where you have some number of uh, vertical lines sticking up on the top, and some the same number sticking down the bottom. So let's say you had five. You got five sticking up, five sticking down. There are vertical lines that go all the way from the top to the bottom, but going across, you have these legs. So you have the posts going up and down and legs going across. And there's no point where legs go across more than one line. Like you have to have them as individual. Lat- so you make a lattice. Sure. And that's a mathematical thing we worked with. We worked with it in bubble sorts and that kind of stuff. And it's a neat thing in that if you, if, however many legs you have, if you do it this way, there's a way we had to do a mathematical proof that you can prove that it's always the case. There's a one-to-one relationship between the things on the top and the things on the bottom. So if you start like on leg number one on the top and you say you letter the ones on the bottom, one will go to E, two will go to C, three will D, that kind of stuff. And you'll never have two of the legs at the top going to the same point at the bottom. You'll never have any unused. So that's, that's ghost legs. And, and that's what this is sort of based on. And you can use it as a, as a randomizing, like a choose something method. Like say you're going to, uh, I think that it's used in drama a lot. You want to, you want to say pick actors for parts. So you got five people, you got five roles. So you write the people on the top, you write the roles on the bottom, you hide the bit in the middle, you have everyone pick a leg at the top and you follow it down through this Amadar movement and it, you'll, you'll match them up to the, the roles on the bottom. So it's a way to sort of randomly choose things. Uh, it's not r- truly random, but it's a way that it's hard to anticipate what it is, which is why it works as the bonus levels. So. Right. Yeah. That's, that's something that, that I remember doing as well. I don't remember what we called it though. Yeah. We called it ghost legs um and i always thought that that must be like not really the term <laughs> so i know them as ghost legs <laughs> which just sounds like a made-up weird artsy term but I, I know it from math i know it from you know university math classes so weirdly so i know them as that as uh, sort of a an alternative to rock paper scissors you can do this if you want to choose things and stuff so well interestingly if you look up ghost legs in uh, a ghost leg on wikipedia uh, in Japan, it is known as Amidakuji or Amidar. Oh, that can't be a coincidence. Yes. So this is the exact same thing. Which totally makes sense. It is It is that, the, or sorry, the bonus level is one of these things. It is the pairing through this ghost leg stuff. And, and I didn't, even though it's kind of the same movement and the same thing in the first level, I didn't recognize it until I got to the bonus level. I went, oh, I know this. I know what this is. Except I guess when I took it in math class, we had less monkeys. So... <laughs> 
It seemed different. You didn't have any apes running through your classroom? Or fewer monkeys, not less monkeys. They were also lesser monkeys. They were both fewer and lesser. And lesser, sure. <laughs> yes. So I had a great time with this game. Um, I wasn't very good at it, obviously, uh, but it's one that, that I want to play more of. Um, and I think that with practice, I can get better at it. I would play it again, but I'm so bad at it, and I die <laughs> so quickly. I don't know if I'll actually come back to it. Like, I, It's a game that I wouldn't pay an actual quarter to play. Because I would go through money quickly. <laughs> and even though it's just a quarter, I would pay like $20 and play for five minutes. I so see. on MAME or something like that, if I can play for free, then I would play this game again. Because it has fun music. Uh, if I can avoid the racist stereotypes of the first level. Because mm-hmm. honestly, it's very menstrual. <laughs> but, you know, and I, I, I actually did enjoy it. But I just... the Unfortunately, the for some reason, it's just too hard for me. Like the the... The difficulty is cranked up beyond what a Carrington can stand. <laughs> so I don't know, man. Everyone, everyone seems like we got a lot of people recommending it. A lot of people talk about it online. This game very fondly remembered. But I, it's definitely not. It's one of the few games that's not making my top five. Mm-hmm. This one I would definitely. <laughs> I, this one I would pour some some quarters into at at a real arcade. Well, then I will watch as you pay your money. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Speaking of sound. Oh, oh, segue. <laughs> nice way to go. Do you know what smooth the man? Sound, smooth. What the sound of next week's game is? Well, I do, and here it is. Well, that's an interesting sounding game. Yeah, and, and I'm sure that some of you out there will figure it out. And some Everybody will... always figures it out. We got to start playing shorter samples, like just individual beeps or just the sound of the quarter going in or something. Well, I think we should come up with some sort of system where it's the, the name that game, you know, based on that old TV show, name that tune or, or whatever it was. Five yeah, I beeps. can name that tune in two beeps. I can exactly. name that game in, in two beeps. We should just knock the side of the cabinet and they should be able to tell from the <laughs> echoes right. on yes. the inside. Yes. Um, yeah, because people are – it's crazy. Every week, it seems a whole bunch of people get it. And games that I know what it is and I still wouldn't guess it. It's <laughs> crazy how, how people remember the sound of these games. I'm, I'm very impressed with our audience that way. Well, you know, when you play a game for hours and hours and hours as a, as a child, as a youth, that stuff sinks in and sticks with you. Didn't seem to stick with me. I, I, I'm terrible at this. And I, I'm, I'm part – thank goodness I'm not trying to guess that I get to actually pick the games because <laughs> I'd never guess. Well, um, I guess that brings us to the end of another show. It does. How sad. Yeah, but we'll be back next week. How sad. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you for podcasting with me, Mike. Well, thank you, Carrington. And thanks to everybody for listening, and we will talk to you next week. See you soon. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast feedback can be sent to no quarter at monsterfeet.com and like all monster feet podcasts the original material in this show has been released to the public domain <laughs>